We are coming, and we ain't backing down. This is week 13 of College Gridiron. Alongside my partner, Nick DeLuca, I'm Jimmy Sullivan. We do not have any Ed Orgeron clips to play this week, but I felt like we had to get that out of the way. Because... But you just filled in. <laughs> yeah, so you there you go. You just filled in. I... <laughs> We can't get through, I think, five minutes on this show without <laughs> referencing Ed Orzeron. He's one of my favorite humans, so it makes me happy. And uh, I don't know if Ed was concerned with the way his team played this weekend. Maybe not the best. LSU's defense a little bit concerning. They hold on to the top spot. Anyway, enough on Ed Orzeron. Good weekend of college football. Ready to dive in. And, hey, and happy to be with you, partner. We're trying to do a podcast. <laughs> trying to do a podcast. That's right. Um, moving over, and we are not, despite the contrary, an Ed Orgeron podcast, even though I felt like <laughs> we were becoming such in the last couple of weeks. Um, moving over to things that do not make us happy. Tua Tagovailoa out for the season with a hip dislocation, somewhat similar to the Bo Jackson injury. Um, there are a couple important differences. Uh, the trainers were able to get on it right away. He's expected to make a full recovery. But he was out there in the second quarter, he threw the ball out of bounds, and he got hit and dislocated his hip, and now he's done for the year. And now this raises questions about Alabama and how far they can get with Mac Jones in the SEC. But to his injury, it's tough to watch for a number of reasons. You feel bad for the kid, you feel bad for the team, and uh, it just stinks to high heavens for college football. I wanted to see Tua in a big game, possibly the playoff, later this season, and now I'm not going to get to see that. But also for him, it's just terrible. Um, it's a painful injury, and it's one I hope he comes back from, but it's another injury for him. He's been hurt in, with different you know, sprains and bruises and injuries for the last couple of years, and now it comes to a head with this, where he's out for the season, and now maybe Alabama is done with him. Yeah, really good dude, and it's really disappointing because I don't think we got to see 100% Tua Tagovailoa play against anybody. Yeah. Right. They didn't play even LSU. He wasn't 100 percent. Right. So it's kind of disappointing to not potentially get a chance to see him compete in the playoff and see if Alabama can really uh, make its way in competing for a national title. I don't know that they're necessarily done right now, but again, it's going to have to be what can Mac Jones do? And we saw it a couple years ago, Cardale Jones stepping in for Ohio State, and it worked out really well. Sometimes you can catch fire with a backup quarterback. But it's difficult to evaluate even where they're going from here because Mac Jones, like Alabama, hasn't played anybody. So to see how he's going to respond is going to be – there's all, there's just no way. I don't know how it's it's possible to know how he'd respond, right? So it's, it's difficult. It's tough to see one of the best – players in college football go down the way Tua did again an excellent person and you're really rooting for him but at the end of the day I think the talk of of him maybe staying another year in college is is ridiculous he's going to go to the NFL and in a weird way it might end up working out for him if he slides to the middle of the first round over those injury concerns maybe he's in a better situation overall despite sacrificing some money so you make most of the money on the second contract anyway, and we'll see we'll see how it goes. But certainly disappointing for him and for Alabama because no one wants to see one of the best college football players in the country go down with an injury like that. And also, if he falls, he's going to avoid playing behind like the Bengals' offensive line, right. and that might be really good for him too. Uh, Mac Jones uh, only started one game this year. It was against Arkansas, who is having such a bang-up year that they have since fired their coach. Um, he went 16 for 22 for 235 yards, three TDs, no picks. He's shown he can play well. The problem is, what have we seen from him? And like you said, 
who has he played? Right, so he's coming in relief against, I mean, you've got Southern Miss, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Mississippi State. Like, these are all teams that are not good. Like, Ole Miss is not good. Tennessee is not good. So it'll be interesting to see with Mac Jones. But I think, and I really believe this, if any team is well-equipped to handle this, it's Bama. Because, you know, they've got loads of talent besides Tua on the roster. They've got a great coaching staff, despite the fact that it's different basically every year. And I think Bama is equipped to do this. And, and I don't think this is necessarily, and people are writing the obituary for Alabama this year, I don't think this is necessarily an obituary for them. I, I think they can come back and win some games. I think I think they can beat Auburn with Mac Jones. Yeah. I think they can. I mean, look, I mean, Auburn's good. Don't get me wrong. But, like, what have we seen from them offensively, right? I mean, you saw the Georgia-Auburn game last week. Bo Nix made some terrible throws. I mean, some wide-open plays and just awful throws from him. So, I mean, look, it's it's tough to say for sure. But, I mean, I think Alabama can be competitive. I think they can limp to 11-1. and one. Now, does the playoff take it into consideration with the fact that they probably are not going to go to the SEC title game? They're probably not going to be a conference champion. And they're going to go in with one loss against some of these other teams that are healthier? Yeah, they will take it into consideration. But is it out of the question that this could be like a 2014 Ohio State? No, because I think... We haven't seen enough from Mac Jones to say. He might be really good. Might be really bad. But I, I don't think Alabama is done necessarily by any means. And I don't think this is over. And I think I have learned the hard way not to doubt Alabama. And I'm not going to do it again this year. Yeah, you're just not going to do that. So quit asking. <laughs> so, look, in a weird way, Alabama kind of reminds me of that Ohio State team in 2014. They've got some weapons, man. I yeah. mean, if there was ever a place where – a backup quarterback could step in and find success. How about Najee Harris? How about Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs? They've got weapons. So it's not like Mac Jones isn't stepping into a system and in an offense where he can't find success. Time will tell. It's, again, so difficult to evaluate, so difficult to have any thoughts on it because it's like, Great, you, you lit up Arkansas. Uh, there's just there's Does he not get much like a there. cookie for that? Exa- like, I, yeah. I, I don't know, but – it, that's that's the only hesitation with trying to predict how this goes. Certainly a terrible injury. I don't think it's smart to write off Alabama either, but at the same time I think it's going to be really difficult for them to get in the playoff. Depending on how the committee views this injury, again, there's well, they're less talented because they have a backup quarterback, so therefore they're more accomplished with the wins that they get, but at the same time they're a lesser football team and they may – take a step back in the conversation of the traditional understanding of the four best teams. I have no idea how the committee is going to look at this, but it could play both ways. If they value Alabama a little bit more because they find them to be more accomplished as a team because of what they've gone through with a backup quarterback, it could work in their favor. But again, who, who the heck knows? I'm going to make a prediction now, um, and I don't want to predict who gets to the playoff because the criteria changes with the weather. I think Bama's going to finish 11-1. and I'm going to put that out there right now. They've got they've I mean look, this is an Alabama team that obviously incredibly well coached and look, they they're not as good this year. Like nobody's gonna say that, oh, this is up there with the title teams, but they've got a cupcake game with I mean, who who even is this? Western Carolina and then they've got Auburn next week. I mean, they can beat Auburn. Like Bo Nix is not that good. They can beat an Auburn team, you know, if he's not playing well. So like, yeah, I mean, look, ten and two obviously is the baseline for Alabama right now because they're not going to lose to Western Carolina, okay? If they do, I will eat a piece of paper on this podcast. 
I'm serious. Or, uh, or grass. I don't know <laughs> which one. I'll mark it down. But I don't think we'll have to revisit no, we're not this. Gonna, but... We're not going to revisit it, but if we get there, okay. <laughs> but then then the big game becomes Auburn. And look, the rest of LSU's schedule is not especially difficult. So they get to 11-1. and That's probably not good enough without the SEC title anyway. But, I mean, you've got a guy in Mac Jones who has shown, granted, against bad teams that he can play well. And, and Auburn's a good defense. It's the best defense maybe that Alabama's going to face all year, including LSU, by the way, and they have their own defensive issues. And, look, it can be done. It can be done. And, I mean, you know, if you were to do role play with the 2014 Ohio State team, right, you know, Jerry Judy is Devin Smith, you know, Najee Harris is maybe Ezekiel Elliott. So it can be done. It's not out of the question. I mean, this is, you know, and, and, and let's remember, too, I mean, we're talking about them having a hard time getting in the playoff, which is probably true, but they're five right now. They need one slip-up. That's all. And then they slide into the top four. Yeah. And then things get weird, but they would be in position at least last weekend of the season, and they would be idle, not playing, where other teams could possibly fall behind them. With Georgia and LSU set to play. There you go. So, again, who knows how it shakes out or how the decision is made going down the road, but right now they're ahead of Oregon. Hmm. So... Oregon, I, I, I don't know. I, again, who, who the heck knows? There's no way to, to sort of predict it. But if Oregon runs the table, Alabama runs the table. Granted, Alabama would not have won that that packed. Well, would not have won their SEC championship, or would not have been a conference champion. Oregon would win the Pac-12. I, I don't know. It's it's difficult to say. Right now, the committee has Bama over Oregon, which I don't agree with. By the way, I think Oregon should be there. You're probably right. Yeah. But quack quack. <laughs> probably right, but again, it's just it's you're racking your brain trying to figure oh, all please. this stuff out. I don't know if you can hear the frustration in my voice, but it's it's I, I, who it's just what what do they do? I don't know. I don't know. What are we doing? What are we doing? I got nothing. Yeah, uh, to have Alabama ahead of both Oregon and Utah at this point, I feel like is incredibly disingenuous. Utah I'll give you, but Oregon no. No, Oregon's one loss is to Auburn in the last second, the first week of the year, and they were up by twenty. Sorry, make, making sure we're on the same page here. Maybe I misspoke. I'm saying I I think that Oregon should be ahead of oh, Alabama. Okay, okay, Utah okay. should not. Oh, okay. Uh, uh yeah. Okay. Bad. But no, what Got I'm it. saying is I, I would put both of them ahead of Alabama. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, I I like Utah too. I think a one loss Pac-12 champion at this point, I would probably put in over Alabama. I really would, but I have to see Alabama the last two weeks of the year. And now we've just run in another loop, so I, I don't even know what we're talking about here. Anyway, let's let's move on to other stuff, um, shall we? Uh, a couple interesting games last week. Uh, Minnesota, after we waxed poetic about them last Wednesday, uh, took the L to Iowa, the annual November tradition. A really good, good team goes into Iowa City and does not come out alive. Uh, Iowa getting the win there. Minnesota's playoff hopes probably dashed. Uh, they're probably going to go to the Big 12. T- uh, I always say Big 12 for Big 10. Big 10 title game regardless of that game. We'll get into that one a little bit, but uh, the, the game I really wanted to talk about was Oklahoma-Baylor. Um, this was a big game in the Pac-12. Uh, Oklahoma was down big early in this Teams one. Teams need to stop going up 28-3. to Yeah, well, that's, that's the lesson in this, right? Um, Baylor was up 28-3 in the first half, 31-10 at halftime and somehow lost that game 34-31. Oklahoma keeps its playoff hopes alive. They're up to 9-1 and now. Jalen Hurts, comeback performance for him. Struggled in the first half, but 30-42, 297 for four TDs. Overall in that one, Oklahoma's defense, as crazy as it is to say, came up big. Got some stops in that second half, held Baylor scoreless. 
missed opportunity for Baylor for sure. They're done in the conversation now, but Oklahoma, Nick, keeps things alive, and Jalen Hurts once again showing how good he has become in Lincoln Riley's offense. He was huge in that second half, and Oklahoma stays alive in the playoff discussion. Yeah, Jalen Hurts was sensational, but I want to take a step back and talk about Oklahoma's defense for a second, and that's what was so frustrating when they lost to Kansas State because this is what they're capable of, right? And I get it. You, you look at it, a 34-31 win, and it's not that impressive. But the shutout in the second half to make those adjustments and, and play the way they did in that second half is, is remarkable. I mean, that's that's not Oklahoma defense traditionally. No. That's what we thought we were getting throughout the entire season, and it just didn't materialize against Kansas State, right? But that's the defense. That's what we thought. Oklahoma had we we knew that Jalen Hurts in Lincoln Riley's system was really good we knew we had 297 four touchdowns in the back pocket we knew that and we knew C.D. Lamb and and all all the weapons that Oklahoma has but that defense in the second half was sensational and it's just it's really frustrating I think if you're an Oklahoma Sooners fan with the way that that Kansas State game went because they're showing it again they're playing really well and sometimes when the offense isn't 100% right in that first half, they, they make the adjustments, and they won that game at halftime. And Lincoln Riley and his staff win that game at halftime. It's just unfortunate that they're not in the conversation with that big big loss to, to Kansas State. But, again, they really impressed me, and they're going to need some things to fall their way, but I think they, they, they've certainly kept themselves alive. They're, they they're alive. I want to shout out my guy Gabe Burkich, the kicker for Oklahoma. I don't know him personally, but we love kickers on this podcast. He hit a big field goal inside of two minutes to go to uh, give Oklahoma the lead and the win. Also, Jalen Hurts, 27 carries, 114 yards. So he these are like Lamar Jackson numbers over here. 300 yards passing, basically, over 100 yards rushing. I mean, this is absurd. Um, and... I get the quarterbacks improve all the time and get better, you know, throughout their years, whether it be in college or the NFL. Uh, I don't think two years ago, I, I mean, I don't care if Bill Walsh is coaching Jalen Hurts at this point. I, I don't know if you could have seen this, right? The accuracy with the throws, the ability to step up in the pocket, make throws on the run, all this stuff he's doing now. He showed it in flashes in 2016 at Alabama, didn't show it at all basically in 2017. And, um, we're seeing it now, and that's a credit to Jalen Hurts. It's a credit to Lincoln Riley, but, you know, he has improved, but, man, Lincoln Riley's done an awesome job with him, and I, I didn't think he could do it again. I, I really didn't. I thought this was going to be one of those, yeah, Kyler was really good. Baker was obviously amazing in college, and I thought that was kind of going to be it. And Jalen Hurts would be decent. He'd be better than he was at Alabama, but I, I did not think this. But you have to give him credit because Jalen Hurts is incredible. Lincoln Riley, third straight year, he's able to take one of these transfer quarterbacks and – plug them into his system and do an amazing job with them I'm kind of sad he only gets one year really with Jalen Hurts because uh he's been unbelievable this season and and I think and I wouldn't put him at number one right now I think he should be in the Heisman conversation because I feel like he has to be and with how good he's been and Oklahoma probably not going to make the playoff if we're being honest with ourselves even if they do win the Big 12 but they deserve a ton of credit for what they've done with Jalen Hurts because again like I said two years ago you would have told me he was doing this. One, I would have told you he wasn't doing it for Alabama. And two, I would have been stunned because I don't think there was anyone in the country who would have been able to do this job with him except maybe Lincoln Riley. And again, that's where Lincoln Riley deserves the credit. And that's why probably NFL teams are going to come knocking on Lincoln Riley's door, you know, this time, maybe a month or two months from now, whenever that hiring process begins. I think you have to if you're the Dallas Cowboys because he's yeah. been absolutely unbelievable. And 
whether he takes the job or not is a separate conversation. They've got a couple another got another couple quarterbacks in, in the wings waiting to work with Lincoln Riley, Tanner Mordecai, and Spencer Rattler. So their quarterback depth chart is not exactly empty either. No. But yeah, it's extremely impressive. And again, the the transformation is not something that you would have called because Jalen Hurts was the prototypical Alabama quarterback maybe with a little more athleticism and, and more of an ability to run. But the game manager, we're going to lean on the defense and we're going to not make the mistakes to allow our defense to win us the games. And this is not something that Oklahoma does ever. They are saying offense, go win it. And and Jalen Hurts has made the adjustment and played fantastically. So shout out to him. Shout out to Lincoln Riley for another job well done. Probably not enough, as you said, to get into the playoff. But regardless, it's one one bad Saturday, and they're, you know, they're in the top four, if not for the loss of Kansas State. And let's also talk about Jalen Hurts plays a lot like Dak Prescott, so that would be the type of thing where you've basically seen Lincoln Riley do it with the Dak Prescott prototype, right? And you bring him to the Dallas Cowboys, and and I mean Jason Garrett is a whole nother rant, and I'll save that for NFL Friday. But um, it, it's it's a problem, and also I think that you know Oklahoma deserves a lot of credit, but then the conversation goes to what's Lincoln Riley going to do next year. There's a number of places he can go. I think he goes just about anywhere, and he could be successful. Um, that's how much I think of Lincoln Riley. Um, his offensive style of football I think is superb, and uh, I think he also really gets players and builds systems around them because he's had three different quarterbacks, basically, and three different types of play, and he's been able to build beautifully around all of those. All right, so let's get into this week a little bit. Uh, Minnesota comes in off that loss to Iowa. They've got Northwestern, the almighty trap game, as always, but Northwestern's really bad this year. They're 2-8. and eight. We're not going to talk about that game. Uh, that was a little pump fake, by the way. I, see, you thought we were going to talk about Minnesota-Northwestern for a second now, didn't you? You just sank the boat. Yeah, I did. Uh, that's disappointing. Uh, a disappointing yeah. loss for Minnesota last weekend. Well, yeah. I mean, P.J. Flex sank his own boat by yeah. running out onto midfield well, to argue a call. <laughs> anyway. He's passionate. He is passionate, and that's why his players want to play for him, I guess, or something. I don't know. But anyway, Penn State, Ohio State, biggest game of the week. Uh, Nittany Lions going to visit Columbus. Believe it or not, Ohio State an 18-point favorite. <laughs> Somebody's getting Chase Young back, huh? <laughs> I this <laughs> they are getting Chase Young back, and I don't know if I want to read into this this game last weekend against Rutgers. That's really the thing where Rutgers was far and away covering the spread. So shout out to them last weekend. Penn State, Ohio State, one of the better matchups of the Big Ten season, and I'm certainly excited for it. You mentioned Ohio State getting Chase Young back. Do we think that Penn State has any chance in this game? Yeah, I'll give them a chance. I, I really don't. But it's dumb and dumber, like, so you're saying there's a chance? Yeah, I, I I really – Ohio State's so impressive. They are. Do you think – if you were to pick the best team in the country right now, where do you have Ohio State in that discussion? If, if it's just purely how they've played, I think Ohio State's won. I, I think it's fair to put LSU – Again, you're going to get me back into the, the playoff <laughs> committee criteria. But I think it's fair because LSU has the win over Alabama to have them at one. But if you're talking about who's the best team in the country right now, I think it's Ohio State. Yeah, Unless you want to read too much into a Rutgers game because they only they, won by like 35 or whatever it was. Yeah, 21 points by Rutgers. Wow. Yeah. Not even close. They deserve they deserve credit for they that. They do. Yeah. Um, shout out my guy Nunzio Campanelli, the head coach there. 
uh, 56-21, the final in that game. Um, honestly, they should promote Nunzio to the full-time head coach, but that's just me. Uh, anyway, uh, that's that's my little tangent about Rutgers. But anyway, back to Ohio State. Um, they're really good. <laughs> they're really good. I would probably – I almost feel like by default – I don't want to say I have to put LSU there, but I feel like I almost have to just because – I mean, obviously they're going to beat Alabama. And But look, their defense isn't good. Uh, they have to score with teams to beat them. And that's going to be the issue when they come to the playoff. If they're playing a team like Clemson, depending on how the matchups shake out, they could face Clemson, semifinal, national title game, whatever it is. They play a team like Clemson, right? Really great defense. Brent Venables is going to get a month to game plan for that. You know, if they get held to 17 or 21, they're not winning. Because their def- their defense isn't going to be able to stop you know great quarterbacks you know you name it Jake Fromm Trevor so, Lawrence yeah it depends on who they're playing but yeah. I I might raise you twenty eight really yeah well, I think I they mean can, if they're yeah their defense again it's been inconsistent so you you never know what you're going to get but at the same time if they're playing Clemson yeah. and they and they score no more than twenty eight points. LSU's holding Trevor Lawrence to to 27. But Trevor Lawrence has been inconsistent too. Now he's been a lot better over the last month, but we've seen a little they bit of They have up been, and down. but I'm saying yeah. on on the upward trajectory, Clemson looks really good right now. Yes, they do. Yes, and they the do. offense again, looks really good. They haven't good. played anybody, but you know, that's not again, we've said this before, that's not their fault. Right. You know, Texas A&M fizzled out. That's not their fault, right? Syracuse stinks, not their fault. Florida State dumpster fire, not their fault. So Look, they're ranked third right now. I mean, if we were to do it right now, it'd be Ohio State, Clemson. That that that'd be a damn good game, by the way. And LSU, Georgia, one one four two three, mm-hmm. and and that that'd be interesting matchups. But I just, I mean, LSU's defense has had issues. But I, I mean, I do think too. You know, you give people three four weeks to game plan, they'll be okay. Um, I don't think LSU's defense is ever going to be great because that's just not what they have this year. And with all they lost to the NFL. But it's also a testament to LSU that, that their offense is putting up these huge numbers because they gave up 37 to Ole Miss last week, right? And if you would have said that before the season, you're like, oh, crap, they're losing to Ole Miss. And then, but then you look at what their offense is doing. It's, <laughs> no, they won by three touchdowns. But you know, that's not a conversation you're having at the start of the season. Um, but I think – and you deserve credit for this too when we picked the playoff in the first episode. You picked Ohio State. I picked – Michigan, but <laughs> yeah, that's embarrassing. That's uh, really. I didn't want to bring it up, but you brought it up, so that, <sighs> let let the record show, Your Honor. Well, last well last year, last year I picked Michigan State, and they went like seven and five. At least Michigan this year is. Like At least eight, you didn't pick Michigan two. State yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah, I was you thinking about. You it. didn't wear your helmet into the studio. <laughs> And say I got him. Should I do like the uh, Queens wave that like Corso <laughs> does every time? <laughs> anyway, um, moving back to this week and, and maybe more of the micro. Uh, Ohio State, as we said, getting star defensive end linebacker, um, just all around stud Chase Young back from his two game ridiculous suspension at the hands of the NCAA, um, and he returns this week. Ohio State double digit favorite, and I feel like they have to be. Um, Penn State's a good team. They're probably a New Year's Six team. But, I mean, I just don't see it. I mean, after that game against Minnesota and how they looked in that one and turning the ball over basically every time in the red zone, I feel like I have to pick Ohio State. I, I don't – I would be – I if I watch the pregame shows this week and I see people picking Penn State, I'm going to be stunned um, because I just don't think it's going to happen. And then that's the problem here, right? Ohio State's got such a great offense. Justin Fields, a quarterback. J.K. Dobbins, a running back. They've got an awesome defense now with Chase Young coming back. They lost him for probably the two best games they could have lost him for, right? Maryland, Rutgers. I mean, that's about as well as you can do. 
and now he's back, Ohio State at full strength. I don't want to say this could be like a Wisconsin-level whooping that Ohio State's going to give Penn State, but I think they're going to beat him by three touchdowns, maybe like 24 points, something like that. I would probably go with something like 45-17. That would probably be my score. I think their offense is going to run all over him, and I think their defense is going to do a great job holding them down because that's what they do. I think it might be a little bit closer than that. I might say 10-point game, 31-21, sounds about right to me. But, again, yeah, I just think there's too much on the Ohio State side. Again, the game uh, game on the road for Penn State, and that's not somewhere that they lo- they've they looked great uh, going back to the Minnesota game a couple of weeks ago. We'll, we'll see if they can put anything together, but I just um, it, it's, it's tough for me to, to think that Penn State's going to do enough with the way that they've turned the ball over um, to, to – take a win take a win at Ohio State it just it just doesn't sound like it's going to happen to me because let, let's just look at some of the averages how about 51 and a half points per game for Ohio State 9.8 points allowed per game yeah that means you're really good yeah <laughs> Penn State almost lost to Indiana last week by the way and Indiana's better but my god I mean yeah still at home um we're having a different conversation if this game's in Happy Valley I think but at the shoe, I just don't see Ohio State losing this one. I mean, obviously, um, well coached. I'm a big fan of Ryan Day, by the way. I think he's doing an outstanding job taking over for Urban Meyer. And granted, to an extent, you are taking over the Ferrari, and your job is to not crash it, but that's what he's done so far this year. And give him credit for that. They haven't even had so much as like a hiccup early in this season where you look at them and go, oh, well, they won, but they're concerned. None of that. They've literally just steamrolled all their teams, hung 73 on Maryland, had a 38-7 big win over Wisconsin. They've steamrolled basically everyone else. Their closest call this season was probably the first game against Florida Atlantic, and they won by 24, and I think they're going to win by 28 this week. That's my prediction. Lock it in. 45-17, and that's what I'm going with, I think. Ohio State, the far superior team, and they go get the victory. I agree, but I think Penn State puts up a fight. I'm I'm holding with 31-21. It's a 10-point right. game. All right, well, you do that then. But <laughs> All right. Nick, great job as always. We will have more Coach O content next week, we promise. For my partner, Nick DeLuca, I'm Jimmy Sullivan. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening.